excited. I know this is uh we have these conversations a lot all the time and I was like soon enough we need to do something to um get it started. We have a once a week conversation and typically it goes once a week because you know I'll be working, you be working mm-hmm. and it always nine times out of ten ends up on a Friday. Yes. It always ends nine up on a Friday. Ten. Nine yeah. times out of ten. Sometimes like you last time was Thursday, but anyway. Yeah. Nine times out of ten it's on a Friday. And just as when we feel like to do it. called to have a conversation, and it's like a two to three the hour, hour conversation. conversation, and we bounce around from topic to topic to topic to topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. In case for those that don't know me, my name is Alexandria. I go by Alex. I am Madison's older sister. Um, I am also a spiritualist. I am as well a medical assistant nursing student. Okay. okay she okay, found herself okay. out. Look at that. You I know, need to teach her that. I have to, you know, I have to put myself out there. I got, I'm, I'm getting, I'm becoming more confident in myself and mm-hmm. more confident in my ability to be me. There we so go. So why not just be me, you know? Real shit. Real, real shit. Real motherfucking shit. So, but yeah, that's, that's my little intro. <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome back to another episode of Sacred Sessions. I am your special host, Madison. I appreciate everybody um, that listened to my last podcast because y'all blew that shit out of the fucking water. I did not expect any of that. Um, And today, I wanted to bring on my lovely sister to have a, per se, intimate but very loaded conversation about how we grew up and I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones on having responsibilities um as a child that were adult like and how has it shaped us in our adult lives now. So that is what the session is going to be up be about today. So stay tuned and we forget to get this shit popping. How has being an adult in your childhood or having re- responsibilities in your childhood shaped the adult that you are now? Okay, I want to first off start by saying my parents have three girls, all three of us. My parents have their own trauma, both mother and father. They have mm-hmm. their own special trauma. Mm-hmm. So... And they have all three of us at different stages of their lives. Mm -hmm. So my experience may not be the same experience Madison has. And it may not have the same experience that our younger sister Melanie has. Mm -hmm. So we all have a different experience. But there are key notes, key little... Indicators. Indicators that's like similar. Mm -hmm. They're just, you know, also very different. And it also shaped us personally. Personality wise, mm-hmm. into different forms of adults. Mm-hmm. Well, Melanie's not an adult yet, but you get the point. She's getting there. She's getting there. You know? <laughs> She's mature enough. Very much so. Very, very much very so. Very much so, yeah. But to go back to your question, my experience dealing with our parents, especially with growing up being the older sister, the mm-hmm. eldest, mm-hmm. mother made me into her replica. Mm. I'm the very first. Mm-hmm. I am the. The test dummy. I am literally the very, very 
first. I feel like all old, old the eldest children are. They are the test dummies. You know, like they're like they're the crackheads of the family. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I, look, mama be like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "I don't know. You did this." <laughs> and then you got a little itch on your neck. You know, you know, know. Something, something. I'm like, "I don't know. It's just you know." I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I do weird shit, and it's because it makes me. I don't know. I think it's funny, and I think it's fun, and it's just like, mm, whatever. Y'all love me regardless. Y'all have no choice but to love me, so I'm going to be weird with you. Right. Growing up, that was the expectation. The expectation was to be an overachiever in school. Mm-hmm. But they never pushed me to be interactive with... They never pushed me to be interactive with kids my age. Mm. So like yeah, I have my sister Madison came in five years later, you know. I can vivi- I vividly remember this. I vividly remember a point in our lives. We lived in Fresno and it was like a little one story house off of was it Carriage Run Court? Yep, uh-huh. that was the address. I know it. It was a one story house. I love like that was the most fun I ever had as a kid because it was me and Madison. We loved being outside, riding our bikes. Mm-hmm. We had kids our age across the street. Mm-hmm. And we were able to go over there to their house because our parents knew their parents. It was just a good community vibe. Mm-hmm. That was the last time we've I've ever had that. Mm-hmm. And that was only for like maybe a two or three year period. And that life. was a glimpse of like a, a true childhood. A true childhood. Yeah. That was the only time I ever had a true childhood. Yeah. After that, things changed drastically. I was asked to go places. Okay, first and foremost, we bounced around. Like, sometimes we'll be in the hood. Sometimes we would go back mm-hmm. to our little suburban life. Mm-hmm. And other times we'll go back to the we hood. We bounced a lot. Oh, we right? brought, like, we so we, bo- we got both the street smarts and the book smarts. Facts. Yeah, so we got best of both worlds. Facts. Just knowing how to navigate Having in how each to environment. Each yeah. environment. Yeah. Facts. Like, and so from growing up in the suburbs, moving back to the hood, like, I had to realize, like, all these motherfuckers are not my friends. Yeah. These people out here plotting on me. They see what I have. They see what my dad is providing. They see how I dress granted mm-hmm. we in uniforms but baby if you got nice shoes mm-hmm. your hair done you like it's your appearance and how you act yeah they see that you come from money they gonna sit up here and plot on you right and so that's my, like that was just a mentality that i had to grow a uh, grow into as mm-hmm. an adolescent one and then two my mother is a very my parents both are very overprotective but they're overprotective in certain situations. They don't want us to experience things that they have gone through. So instead of letting, of guiding us through, like guiding us along this little river of this journey mm-hmm. of adolescence, mm-hmm. they will put up barriers. Yeah. They're like, nope, you can't go there. No, you can't go there. No, you can't Their go there. Their trauma no, responses become our trauma. trauma. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like I said, I did not have a childhood, essentially. Do you feel... I didn't have one. Do you feel in a sense that your childhood was taken from you? The idea of what a child is supposed to be... Go yeah, go through an experience. Yes. Do you feel yeah. like it's been snatched away from you? Yes, I do. Yes, yes, I truly, I truly do. Because I honestly, it, I, I'm, a, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't... I moved away. I graduated high school. Moved away at 17. Mm-hmm. I went to Dallas. Lived Dallas for 10 years. I loved it. I loved it. And I think more so I loved it because I had the room 
to become my true self. Yeah, you get to learn about yourself. I get to learn and what not, I like. And not learn yourself through somebody else's trauma. Facts. Yeah. So, like, I had to go through my own experiences living on my own. Obviously, I'm an adult at this point in time. But, you know, I went through a very tragic, not tragic, but, like, a very traumatic um, depression that mm-hmm. really shaped a lot of my viewpoints. Mm-hmm. I realized that I don't have mommy and daddy to sit here and tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have mommy and daddy here. I have me, myself, and I. I had mm-hmm. Ace. Ace was still a pup at that time, but I was like, I gotta take care of me, and I gotta take care of my dog. This just that's just who I have. Mm-hmm. I gotta pay my own bills. Nobody else is gonna pay my bills for me. I can't. I can't depend on a relationship to provide to for me. feel whatever that's going on inside, inside to make me, you whole to make yeah. me feel good i can't yeah. depend on a relationship for that i can't depend on anything like that and so do i feel like my adolescence was taken yes because i had to figure out as an adult how to be a kid mm. so okay question do you hold any resentment and this is perfectly fine. So, like, for anybody that's listening and that's having um, that inner turmoil, that inner battle with yourself between a, a child, your childhood and your adult and your adult life, do you hold any resentment towards either yourself or to mom and dad for um, taking away an experience that you knew you were that you knew you were desiring? As in a child? the past, I can definitely. In the past. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the past, yes. Yeah, anger. And yeah. In the past. In the past, I would be upset of how I grew up. Mm-hmm. In the past, I would be upset over, well, why couldn't I be able to do this? And I think we had this conversation recently where Melanie, Melanie's able to go places at, you know, 15 years old without mommy and daddy having to be, having to be there. Hang out with boys. That, you yeah, know, yeah. all of this other stuff without mom and dad having to be there, without mom and dad having to meet the parents. Mm-hmm. Because that was always the excuse. Oh, I need to meet these parents first. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But what does the parent have to do with me hanging out with the kid for about an hour or two? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. But um, anyway, we had this conversation recently. And I told you, I was like, it's kind of not fair. Like, what the fuck? It's not fair. And then that's something that I'm still healing with because it, I get triggered. There are certain things that I see or certain things that are that is done. And I'm like, no, you didn't do that with me as a kid. Mm -hmm. Or no, you didn't do that with Madison as a kid. Why am I having to be held to this standard Mm -hmm. when you didn't hold a standard for your other two children? Right. And so, yeah, it does does hurt. It does definitely, um, it hurts in a way where I'm like, I am no longer, I have to remind myself, I am no longer a child. Mm -hmm. I am no longer, I am an adult at this point. Yes, that was my childhood, but guess what? I am able to reshape my life now mm-hmm. because you, I am in charge of my life Right, now. but you always carry that inner child with you because at the end of the day, they, and, and we talk about this all the time, at the end of the day, that child is still yearning for something that was, like, taken from them. But my, like, thing, my thing is this, and yes, she, I call her, she, she definitely gets hurt, and that's why when I say I am not all the way healed because I get triggered. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not like an everyday thing. It's literally yeah. just a circumstantial or situational. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, that's kinda not fair. Like, no, that's kinda that's 
no, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. <laughs> like, no, like, it makes me feel some type of way. Right. But I have to remember, like, one, yes, that was my experience as a kid, but guess what? You are now an adult. You are able to take care of yourself because you've had to do it. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You don't have mommy and daddy telling you, you can't go here. You can't go there. You can't hang out with this person. You have Mm -hmm. yourself. You are now in charge of that. So have you ever found yourself putting a cap on yourself? Because it's like, so you grow up in the mindset of mommy, daddy tells you, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And then you find yourself, you out being by yourself and you're an adult and you can make decisions for yourself. But then it's like, wait, but can I really do that? Because your mindset is still enslaved girl, to how they were taught you, how they taught girl, you. <laughs> let me, girl, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you. So, and I'm going to just honestly say this. This was not a one night session that has happened and I just came to all these revelations. No. It was literally a, I was a tree growing. I had to grow into myself. Mm -hmm. I had to shed old perspectives. I had to shed old mindsets and be like, that's wrong. That is hindering me. Right. Prime example. I I can't say I used to because in certain aspects I can do, I tend to find myself seeking validation from my parents. Yeah. But I'm, I'm grow. I grew out of the mindset of well, I want to make sure that I whatever I do, I make my parents proud. Okay. I grew out of that mindset because at the end of the day, that's what the expectation was growing up as a kid. As an overachiever, you're Mm -hmm. making A's and B's in school. You're getting all the awards. Mommy and daddy is bragging to their friends on how smart their children are. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to college, you don't graduate with a degree. You come home every damn semester and they're telling you, oh, well, I just sit here and I see all my friends' kids and they're doing this and they're doing that and whoop de whoop de whoop I'm not your friend's kid. Right. I'm your child. Not only that, I'm still growing into myself. Mm-hmm. The blueprint that they have paid for us, the go to school, graduate from high school, go to college, that whole, and that from college, get a good job, get a family, that whole, that is bullshit. That's bullshit. Yes, honestly, it happens that way for some people. Yeah, but then you feel people get divorces. People never actually go and do work that they graduated from. It's it's more so how they presented the idea, though. They present this whole plan as if it's a it's a blueprint. It's the standard, but it's well, yes, it's a standard. But at the same time, they present it as like there's no obstacles and there's no challenges to get to each stage of this. Like you're just supposed to have this is all supposed to happen within the first four to five years. After you leave high school. And that and that there's no other options. And there's no other options that blueprint, out of, outside that blueprint. of this blueprint. Yeah, yeah. That's how they presented it as. Yeah. Like you have four to five years to achieve all of these things. And then if you don't achieve them in this time frame by at least 25. You're a fucking failure. You're a fucking failure, bro. 
Like, what the hell are you doing with your you're, life? You're, you're a 27-year-old. You're, you're drugging yourself and off on the streets. Now you're an alcoholic and you don't care about your life because you didn't Girl. follow this four or five-year blueprint. Girl. And, and the, the thing about extra it is, shit. it's a blueprint, yes. And all my thing is this. That's a good plan of action. But how long do you think it's going to take you to reach all of these? Some people don't reach the next stage till they're 27. But I'd be an asshole. Some people don't reach the marriage <laughs> Stacia, they're 40. <laughs> what is this blueprint? The blueprint is it non-existent. It's the... No. No. Yeah. No. But we're the assholes if we call them out and be like, have you have you reached all of this? Have, have you, you attained this? all of this? Where did you get your degree? But my thing is this, and it's taken me so long to realize that my... my And I had to first... First and foremost, I had to know within myself, and I talk to my best friend Jasmine about this all the time, because mm-hmm. we go through this thing. We was going through this together. Mm-hmm. I had to realize within myself that the blueprint don't fit me, that mm-hmm. there is no time limit on how long it takes me to get a degree. There's no time limit on how long it takes me to get married, have a family and all this extra. Like, there's no time limit because life is limitless. Right. Like, there's no time limit. You have so many things. You have 365 days in a year, sometimes 364. But you have that much, that many days, that many hours. Like, you have so much time to do so many things. I find it where if I tell myself, I want to do this, I make a seasonal plan. Every season, because I do it with my garden, every season I, I, I show myself, I tell myself, what do I want to grow? How do I want to grow myself? How do I want to grow my garden? How do, what do I want to achieve within this season? And a season is technically, what, three months? Mm-hmm. So spring season, what do you want to achieve in spring? Fall, what do you want to shed in fall? Mm-hmm. Winter, what do you want to possibly be growing and heal from in winter? Mm-hmm. Summer, how are you going to be blossoming? Right. These are how I transform myself. Each and season calls for something different. Boom. And my thing is this. You have, it has to start with you. Mm-hmm. So do it for you. And once you do it for you, and then you start talking about it, then your parents are going to be like, oh, well, I, I don't like that. Well, first and foremost, I didn't ask you if you liked it. Right. I didn't ask you. I'm doing this for me because this is what makes me happy. Right. And that first initial like disapproval is going to hurt because that's not the game plan. That's not the plan that y'all have that... They have told you. It always initially hurts because one, you find out something about yourself where like, oh I'm shit, fucking, I love this I, about yeah, me. I love this. The I experience this. that I'm creating within my life is my sole purpose. Like, and the, I and it, love and it, it for yeah, me. Yeah, I love it for me. It drives me. It fulfills me. Not just me being here, here, but like on a uh, solar and soulful level. Something that I can't explain to anybody else. And then you get home and you tell and, people and about it. And you tell people about it. Or, you tell, like, your, or the, you tell them your game plan on, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I plan to do. You know, you know you're know, just kind of like telling them, look, I'm not a failure. I promise you, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, it's going to take some time for me to get to, the t- um, to, get to where I want to achieve it. Mm-hmm. But that what you are planning and what you have for yourself is not a part of their plan. Somebody else's journey. It's and not a their part of, expectations that they place on It's you. not a part of their plan. It's not a part of their expectations. Mm-hmm. It's not a part of what they had planned for your life. Yeah. But you also have to realize you're not seeking validation from mommy and daddy. Like, yes, we all want to make our parents proud, but at some point in time... You're going to be proud in the way yourself. that I experience my own life. 
We you gonna you gonna have to personally get that shit together in your own shit in in your own personal life in your own time. Facts. So though I may be doing something that makes me happy and though you may not agree with it, that ain't got shit to do with me. That's your problem. That's your That's problem. That's not my problem. Not my problem. Cause my thing is this: it's the end of the day. Guess what? You gonna go and run to whoever about what I'm doing. This that. And at the end of the day, it's gonna what I'm doing is making me happy. Right. And if it makes me happy. Why do I need your validation? Why do I need your approval? Mm-hmm. I don't need your stamp. Fuck your stamp. Okay? <laughs> That's why I, there are <laughs> I times my own stamp. where I don't feel... Oh, we talked about this the other day where I don't feel obligated to tell mom and daddy about my experiences or what stuff that I'm doing. Only for the simple fact that it's like... It's not that I want don't want to. It's just... I don't want your negative energy and on, your, on what I'm doing. And this goes for friends as well. I don't want your negative energy on whatever it is that I'm doing because I'm in a celebratory mood about the life that I'm creating. If you're not on that same energy, if you're not on that same energy, we can't have a conversation about nothing. Fact. So you wonder why I'll do certain stuff or I'll have certain stuff lined up. And then when all shit is said and done, I'll be like, here you go. And they'd be like, what the fuck? What the... This child been sitting here doing all this other extra shit and we just... Yeah! Because at the end of the day, like I said, our parents are the type of people where they they have a very pessimistic mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's really hindering in the aspect because it makes you worry about things that you, you don't need to be worried, worried about. about. Right. Prime example. And friends do the same thing Friends too, do the yeah. exact same thing, but my thing is that when it comes with friends, friends do it for the aspect of, well... Because they, you're doing something that I'm not doing. Facts. So now they're like, well, I've never done that before. How are you able to do, do it that. without, like... Like, I'm not under, like, no, like, there's, there, that's not how it works, or that's not how they vision it, so they'll put their negativity right. or this doesn't it. seem real to me, and I just call that ego. What are some things that you've had to deal with mentally? Like, dive deep into that, because I feel like there are other people that have had the similar experience or um, similar traumas, and are trying to figure out, how do I navigate in my adult life? but not feel like I'm still enslaved to that the mindset and expectations of my parents. So, okay. I had to change my idea about my trauma. Mm. I had to become my own superhero. I like superhero movies. I like Marvel stuff. I like Marvel stuff. I like um, Harry Potter was a big thing for me. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little geeked out. You know, I'm a little geeked out. I like it. I love it. I love it about myself. But I had to change my mindset for myself. I had to change that because, yeah, I'll get triggered by, I don't even know how to explain this. Like, high school, okay, prime example, teenage Alex. Teenage Alex is an angry person. She's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, Child Alex is, child Alex is very sweet, very nice, very bubbly. She was the golden child. She's the, oh, I want to spread love to everyone 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 i love everyone for every walk of life that they i love everyone teenage alice is more so like i don't fuck with you and i don't fuck with you off that because i don't know who you are and if you come and try to attack me bitch you're gonna have something else to come go you you gonna lose a limb Mm -hmm. so (laughs) teenage alice is very angry 
she's very angry because she's had to be her own survival tactics. She don't trust nobody. She don't like nobody. Yeah. There's she, no reason. It's there's just, no just because. reason. It's just because. Yeah. Like, and the thing about it is because of the environments that I grew up in. Um, adolescent Alex was more so living in the suburbs. When we moved back to the hood, I had to learn real quickly who my real friends are. And even those real friends wasn't real friends. Because mm-hmm. they were the ones also talking shit behind my back. Mm-hmm. So living, back to when I was saying living in Dallas and moving back home to Houston, it definitely changed a lot because I had to really not tap into Angry Alex. I had to be able to navigate as an adult. Because Angry Alex going to pop back up. It's like, oh shit, we in the same environment. We done went back. So now I'm angry. Now I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you talking to. Now I am this hardcore, like, hood female, whoop the whoop the whoop But I just left a very soft life. Not necessarily soft, but I, mm-hmm. I just left a life that was built for myself. And I'm moving back into an environment that I am uncomfortable in. Mm-hmm. And now my survival tactics that I had to, that I grew up with, or I had to learn as a teenager are being, triggered. are being triggered. And now I'm tapping into those same unhealthy survival tactics. Because mm-hmm. there's something that's still there that needs to be healed. There's still something there that needs to be healed. Right. So now I'm being triggered left and right. And I'm trying to navigate this like, bro, I think we had that con- Remember that I'm conversation? I'm fighting for my life. Remember that conversation yeah. in the kitchen, bro? <laughs> Oh my god! Yo, my sister sat here and acted out a whole fucking uh, fight. Let me tell you, fight. it <laughs> was it was so excruciating. So like literally, I was telling that, and I was like, and this was literally only maybe three to four months ago. Mm-hmm. I was literally sitting here. I was like, bro, I don't know how I'm doing this, but I feel like I'm getting hit from every angle. Mm-hmm. Like literally, mommy and daddy, I'm getting hit. I'm getting hit. I'm like, all right, I got this. There's no out. Like, I'm ducking, I'm dodging, I got this. And then I was in a toxic environment at work at Bar Louie. So then I got to deal with them. I'm like, bro, I got this. Mm -hmm. I got this. It's like you running through a maze. Babe, and sometimes I didn't have room to breathe. Breathe, I didn't have room for myself. I didn't have anything, so something had to go. Fortunately, it was Bar Louie. I had to let that go. And when and she says Bar Louie, she means uh, a job that she was at. So yeah. sometimes sometimes it calls for releasing things that are negative in your space or in your environment that no longer align with you. No, they, it never aligned. In order aligned. for you, yeah, it never aligned. But for you, but but you didn't, but how are you supposed to fucking know that? You it know? was a survival tactic. Yeah. I know how to go out here and I know how to hustle and I know how to make my money. And yeah. I know how to do it the healthy route. As an adult, as a woman adult, living on my, I've lived on my own for 10 years. I've made my own money. I got bills to pay that are not rent and stuff like that. I had to be like, I had to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing. because and that, that was an ego check? That was an ego <laughs> check because it was not only an ego check, but it was a trigger for teenage Alex. Mm. Asking for help was not a thing. Because I've always taken care of myself. Yeah. Since 17, I've yeah. always taken care of myself. Asking for help does not exist. Asking for help was not a thing. So I had to ask for help. I had to ask mom and dad for help. I had to ask the people that are supposed to help me 
and it, that goes into like my relationship with my parents a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask the people that are technically supposed to help me that don't really have one the ability, or two. They are kind of it's like a backhanded compliment in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like mom and dad, they kind of like yeah, we'll help you, but we want only to this expense, you know, to something else. Like what? Which it's. How I like to think about it is like it's an exchange. Mm-hmm. Which what can what are you gonna do for me if I help you? Yeah, but it shouldn't be like that. And again, right. it shouldn't be like that. But that's how they raised their children. Mm-hmm. Now compared to how they help out their friends' kids and all these other people in the community, that's something totally different. We were raised diff as our kids. We were raised different from how our cousins were raised and stuff like that. Or right. how our cousins are treated. Right. It's some that's going to a different aspect. But it was definitely an ego check. I had to ask for help. I had to ask for help. I had to not only I had to realize and be comfortable with asking for help. Because mm-hmm. it was an uncomfortable situation. I would wait shit to the shit was due to ask for help. <laughs> Because I was like, I'm going to figure it out. Right. You know, I got I, I got this. I'm going to figure it out. I always figure it out. I've always figured it out. I was I was an Uber driver for a little bit. And just to make a little cash money, it helped out the first month. It helped out for the first month. But then, spirits started putting me in situations where they're like, go sit your ass down. So that's what I'm saying. Like, those old tactics of, yes, this is how it's always been. They weren't working. They weren't working no more. space. They were not working because fear was like, sit your ass down. Right. Like, I almost got hit by a car. Yeah. Like, a car ran through a light and I almost got hit. And that was my sign to go sit down. They said, no, you need to not be doing this. And then, even if I tried to pick it back up, I wasn't making the same money that I made. So it wasn't really giving any type of fruition. There was no fruition in it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is not working. I need to find another tactic. So because that was not working, what... So obviously you have to go into a different headspace. And so what what type of things were were you meditating? Were you... I was journaling. I journal a lot. I journal a lot. And my thing is this. When I journal, I journal everything. Mm -hmm. So um, they call it a three-six-nine method. Three minutes for, I think, I think it's three minutes for your body. What are you feeling? Are you having any pain? How's your body feeling? What's going on currently? Six minutes for um, your mind. What are you thinking about? What's been reoccurring in your mind? What's been something that's like been prominent? That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's been coming up more consistently. Mm-hmm. And then the nine minutes was for your soul. What is your soul calling to? Right. How is your body and your mind, how are these things affecting your soul? What is something that's calling to you? And I don't meditate every day. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I don't meditate every day. Sasha, it doesn't call for it. But whenever I feel the need to get up, journal, think about some things, especially when when I have my chaos going around me. It's like a little, it's like, I call it like a little tornado. Mm-hmm. It's like a little, little whirlwind. When my emotions are all over the place, I feel everything. When I say everything, I feel other people's emotions. Like, I don't, I can't have the moment that I identify my emotions and I feel other people's emotions around me. It's kind of like a tornado because I don't know what's mine. Yeah. I don't know what's theirs. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just feel anger. I feel like this big thing in my chest and it's not really 
it hurts. None of it. None <laughs> it's of, like it's a body ailment. Yeah, that's none nothing. of those feelings are actually mine, but because I've just been around a whole bunch of other people, it's hard. I gotta now tap out of. I gotta tap out of those experiences, and then I gotta go within and try to figure out what am I feeling. Exactly. What is actually mine? What does what actually belongs to to me? me? Yeah. And so I take those moments, and I just like I literally go find a quiet place. Or I put my headphones in. I go find a quiet place. And sometimes it's in my car. Sometimes it's outside. And I like to be outside a lot. Mm-hmm. I like to be out in the grass. Like, Gaia loves me. I like to be outside. And so I will go outside Gaia loves everybody. We're all her children. Facts. <laughs> and so I'll go outside and, like, um, mind you, I just went outside. And, like, the wind was blowing. And I was like, oh, my God. I miss you, too. It's been cold. That's why I ain't been out here. <laughs> Anyway, but um, I'll go outside or whatever, and when I go outside, I'll just sit there. I'll take some moments to breathe. I just want to get in tune with my environment. I just want to breathe it out. I just want to breathe and be like, whew, 